Welcome back to The Athletes Podcast, where we dive into the habits and routines of each incredible high performer we feature on the show, with our goal of educating, entertaining, and inspiring the next generation of athletes. My name is David Stark, and today we feature Amanda Minnie, a fierce competitor on the Oregon State University women's golf team. Amanda is in her sixth and final year at Oregon State University, embracing the veteran role. During her time as a beaver, Amanda has played at some of the most incredible courses, competed against the best in the West, and even overcome a broken wrist. Hearing Amanda's inspiring stories on the course encourages me to hit the course. Having grown up in South Surrey, Lower Mainland, British Columbia, and knowing of Amanda at South Delta Secondary School, it was very cool to chat with her, reconnect, learn about some of the inspiring stories she's been experiencing. It encourages me to get out on the golf course this spring and summer. We recorded with Amanda at Oregon State University inside the golf lab where the team trains. They have an amazing campus. We also stayed at the Gilsons. Shout out to them. A special shout out goes to the Corvallis Knights organization that was my first introduction to Oregon State University. I guess that would have been back in 2016, 2017. The West Coast League was my first introduction to intercollegiate sport for mm, baseball. Anyways, OSU has an amazing campus and I'm so pumped for you to listen to episode 158 of the Athletes Podcast featuring Amanda Mini. Here we go. <laughs> Not often you get to see some fellow lower mainland British Columbia yes. residents in and around on the AP tour. Exactly. Um, Amanda Mini, thank you so much for coming on the yeah. Athletes Podcast. Thanks for uh, having me. Graciously letting us record here at Beaver Stadium. Uh, what do you call this? This is Gill Coliseum. So it's the basketball facility. Volleyball also competes in here, wrestling and gymnastics. Okay. So it's a big hub and we have our indoor golf facility in here as well, which is really nice. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty legit set up here. I'm admiring uh, from afar. I got to spend, what, three months down here working with the Corvallis Knights uh, 2016 summer. So I'm familiar with OSU, but tell me what it's like in your sixth year, your senior year, what it's been like playing for the Beavers for the past six years, repping the orange, white, and black. Orange and black. Yeah, I bleed orange. Love Oregon State. Um, I When I got asked to like take my fifth, my fifth and sixth years, it was no question that it was an automatic yes. Um, I got to stay in Corvallis. Like I have a really great relationship with my coaches that has lasted throughout the years, and it's, and it's grown throughout the years also which has been really um, beneficial for my golf and just like my life. Um, like I'm going to know them forever, which is really awesome. And like to watch the team build over the years has been very impactful. And I was a part of the change. Like when I first came to Oregon State, we were ranked like 50th or 60th. And then the past few years, we've been ranked 30th. So to see that improvement has been awesome. And I, yeah, I love Oregon State. Like our practice facilities are unreal and just like having – uh, help whenever we want and just support constantly academically and athletically has been unreal. So uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Slight change from the support you get at SDSS in high school. Yeah, a little bit. No hate to the Sun Devils, big fan, but they definitely got me here. But athletics in the United States is definitely different than at home. So very grateful for the opportunity I have. It's crazy. We Yesterday we were talking with Taya Hansen, who's from Kelowna, coming down playing at Arizona State and now at Oregon. You're coming down, crossing the 49th parallel. I love showcasing Canadian talent down in the U.S. 
What are the biggest changes, though, from uh, sport, facilities, training, nutrition standpoint? Like, are there some big blocks that were like, oh, this is really different compared to what I'm used to? Yeah, I mean, coming from high school, I didn't really have that uh, Canadian college experience. So I can't speak on behalf of like Canadian schools. But from what I noticed coming from SDSS to Oregon State was the um, workout facilities have been unreal, which is awesome. Like we have a fully renovated weight room. Uh, We have 40 racks in there, like so many platforms and um, our strength coaches available to work with us 24 seven, which is so great. Um, Our athletic trainers are so supportive. And if we're sick or like have a rolled ankle or anything, they're like, come in right now, like we'll take care of you. And just the constant support's really great. Um, Academically, same thing. We have our academic advisor and anytime you need a tutor or help or you're stressed about an exam, like you go to her and she's just there to like kind of hold your hand, but be like, you need to get through it and you're going to do great. So just all the time support is just great. And same with like rivalries between schools. I find that it's um, very fun being a beeve and having the ducks here to compete against and always want to beat. So that's different. Um, in high school, it was more like SDSS versus DSS or Earl Marriott. We would see you guys on the golf course a lot too. So it's been fun, but having that advancement, um, being in college athletics and athletics is so much bigger, I feel like in the United States also. So it's cool being able to compete for a top Pac-12 school and seeing us do really well with that. Yeah, I definitely want to touch on Pac-12 being a beaver, but Let's talk about high school golf. That's where we were introduced. Maybe any stories or recollections if you were to go down Nostalgia Lane about playing for SDSS tournaments, provincials. I know you competed, played really well, but Eric McDonald was out there. You played with Kevin Smith, seemed like every other day. In yeah. tournaments. Like, <laughs> any memories stick out from those days? Uh, yeah, definitely. Pro- I think it was provincials. Um, on Vancouver Island at Port Alberni, that was a wild experience. So fun. Um, and just like our teams were hilarious. And I think we both did pretty well. But I swear I played with Kevin all the time. Yeah. And Guy is so funny. So call it our high school. Ricky Fowler, hey? Yeah, <laughs> with the here. flow, with the flow. Yeah. So um, that was like my first little taste of the competitive aspect, like always wanting to be you guys. So uh, that was fun for sure. Who else? Charles Thompson was on that team, right? For uh, he went to DSS on our... Our team for the provincials, we had Sam Thornley, Jacob Hayes, Connor Barada, and John Morrow. So right, okay. we did pretty good. Yeah, I think yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I think you guys beat us. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't perform. Probably. Come yeah, on. let's be real. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, degenerates like Eric, Kevin, yeah, and the team. Facts. Um, was Oregon State always like where you wanted to go? I remember seeing you signing, accepting, but was it clear cut? You wanted to be a beaver from the beginning? Um, not clear cut. I sent out my resumes to a bunch of schools with... Um, like in the West Coast. So I had a lot of options. Um, but as soon as I came on a visit and I talked to my head coach, Don Shockley, on the phone, it was clear cut from there. Her and I just vibed completely. And when I met the team and I saw the campus, I saw no negatives with Oregon State. And I think that was a huge teller. Like, this is the school for me. Right. So, And I haven't regretted it ever since. Hence why I'm here for six years. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, what has that been like over six years between school, athletics? I'm sure coming in as a rookie in what 2016 you would have been your first year like how has that changed now being a vet on the team transitions has it been hard what's that been like um I've definitely grown a lot when I was a freshman I was very quiet and I observed a lot I did learn a lot obviously but um growing up now being like I'm very much lead by example like I set a precedent for a freshman and I've done a good job at 
growing throughout the years and like accepting that role, even if it's not the first role I would have wanted to choose. Mm. Um, as like a leadership standpoint, I've definitely just accepted that. And I think my golf has also developed with that throughout years, um, which is helpful. So I've uh, advanced as a player and been more accepting with my coaches. And we, our relationship has built throughout that as well, mm. which has been nice. Yeah, we, we're, I was going through your stats. We were talking earlier about your your San Fran success, T6, yeah. 71, 71, 70. Obviously, having played for so long, I think, what, what age did you start playing golf? Um, my whole family plays golf. Okay. So I started competitive golf when I was 10. My okay. first tournament was BC Bantams. Nice. Um, on in somewhere in Nicka Wind in, yeah, yeah, on yeah. the mainland. That's Crescent Crescent Beach area. Yeah, Nicka something Wind. like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Um, so competitively since I was 10, but my whole family plays. My dad's a uh, teaching professional, so he's been my coach. And my brother plays at Gonzaga University, so we're grown up with golf for sure. So what's that like having a dad as your golf coach? Like, is he just putting a club in your hands at all hours of the day, making you swing? <laughs> What's that like? Sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes we had like a hitting net in our garage. So before dinner, you have to go hit a hundred golf balls in the net and like <laughs> stuff like that. But it definitely got us to where we are for my brother and I. So that was really helpful. And our relationship grew throughout the years. Also, um, when I was a little sassy and becoming like more adult in my adult phase, um, I would definitely bash heads or not really accept what he was teaching me. But once I was like, wow, like you're really smart and clearly you know what you're talking about mm -hmm. <laughs> um i was more accepting with that and it's definitely helped my game and our relationship which is awesome did you always want to get a scholarship play golf in school was that the dream from the beginning yeah that's always been the goal ever since like i started playing competitive golf um since i was very young like that's been my goal and that's what always always pushed me to like be my best and gave me that motive the extrinsic motivation to get there yeah i other than like the incredible golf courses you get to play in the pac 12 uh we were talking about it earlier do you have a favorite course or some memorable courses that you've been able to play at over the years yeah my favorite one for sure is called nanea golf club it's on the big island of hawaii we compete there every november in our pac 12 so preview so it's one of the highest like competitive tournaments um as well as a gorgeous course it's like so exclusive it's on the side of like a volcano so you can see ocean from every single hole and it's just an surreal experience so very privileged to be able to have played there yeah i'm trying to think like did you recognize that in what 2015 2014 sitting in port alberni vancouver <laughs> yeah. island that yeah in five four years from now i'm going to be playing in hawaii i guess it would have been only a couple of years at yeah. that point and every year now you get to go play hawaii beautiful golf courses like that on its own is incredible you get amazing gear you're decked out in orange like any other of the highlights that oregon state provides like obviously this is a cool campus what are some of the other benefits to being a beaver um honestly i'd say the rivalry like we just had our game against the ducks this past uh saturday um beavs won unreal so awesome so that like competitive aspect has been great and like game days are so fun um we also get free student tickets mm -hmm. here at oregon state which is a huge benefit so we try to do the motto of beavs back beavs um so beaver athletes try to support other beaver athletes so we try to go to like wrestling matches gymnastics meets and like basketball games and just support like our other local student athletes so that's been a really nice perk as well getting to know them yeah and the athletics here are not bad like yeah. right, baseball is probably arguably the best yeah. 
in the country for the past what 25 years or something crazy golf solid basketball is good football just beat the ducks so that's a huge one storm in the field what was that civil war game like 38 34 final right yeah crazy. yeah down 20 something points at the end of the first quarter second quarter yeah it was wild like 34 to 10 after the third quarter and then beavers come out with a win like was not expecting that but all power to them like cannot count out the beeves um and when we won just everyone was going crazy we rushed the field just jumped down the 10 foot wall and then just like stormed into the middle um for that being my last uh student home like football game that was it couldn't have been any better like so memorable pinnacle of it any other events prior to that that were top of the list or was that just like the piece de resistance that's definitely the best one anytime the beeves beat the ducks it's really great especially at home um but last year we won uh, more than in the past at home so last year we stormed the field pretty much every home game so that was fun but this year this was the only one that we did so it was like uh definitely the most memorable for me yeah anytime you can beat the ducks it's a great great time i'm sure i i know even the rivalry of like parents when they have you were talking about it earlier one parent being a duck another being a beaver that can cause some crazy family rivalries uh what about the training that goes in everyone sees the final product on the field playing the course but There's a lot of work, hours, days spent training, practicing, getting better. What does a day in the life for Amanda Mini look like? Um, For me, we have weights at 6 a.m., three days a week. So that's great. Um, Nice little wake up call. And then after that, some studying. And then we have practice most days from two to five. So some days we get to schedule practice on our own and do what is beneficial for our games at the time. And then the other couple days a week, my coaches will pick team drills or other drills that um, put more pressure on us to emulate like what it will be like on the golf course. Mm -hmm. Um, So having a balance of that's really helpful. And then on Fridays and Saturdays, we do qualifying. And then the top five girls on the team go to the tournament. So that's some extra pressure. We're always competing against each other, but we have a really good dynamic of supporting each other and wanting the best for the team at the same time, Mm -hmm. which is like as good as you can ask for. Yeah, that's golf's interesting because it's an individual but team sport. We chatted with Bobby Ryan, who was a skier at Colorado University in similar format where you're playing as an individual, but you've got a team score you're also aiming for. What's that like for you competing with, but also trying to strive for the best overall team score? Um, I I try not to think about it until after, like how I can improve because golf is very much like on your own. You can't control what your playing partners are doing. So if I shoot 74 and I don't qualify, I've learned over the years, like, yeah, that's really hard at the time. But if I just play that one or two strokes better, I will qualify. So it's a matter of me motivating myself and getting that extra little bit better to make that lineup. And that's been um, definitely a growing opportunity for me. But I've improved and it's made my game better. So that's really helpful. How uh, well you played basketball growing up. Did you play any other sports growing up outside of basketball and golf? Yeah, I play volleyball as well. How do you go about the mental aspect of golf because it's not the easiest sport uh that we know from countless people but it's also a very frustrating sport at times having a dad as a coach probably helped providing a bit of insights but like any specific routines that you use or methods to ensure that you are staying grounded and in the right mindset heading into a tournament that's funny my head coach don would be laughing right now (laughs) if you asked me this um 
when I was younger, I really didn't believe in mental stuff and be like, if I practice and I hit like this many good shots in a row, I'm obviously going to play well, whereas that is very not true. So it's taken me some time to learn that. And Dawn's been very influential with that. Um, she's been very big in like meditation. Breathing has mm. been really impactful. So on the course, if I'm like getting really frustrated, I've been better at just like accepting like, whoa, like I'm really frustrated right now. What do I do to like get less tense and calm down? So the... Uh, self-awareness is a huge piece for me um, and breathing helps like a couple deep breaths or what I'm working on right now is giving myself 10 steps to be angry and be like that sucked but let's move on mm. because that shot's over so 10 steps be a little bit annoyed do some deep breaths and then move on from there um, but that's definitely a learning curve right. Me like mental aspects of golf are very challenging especially compared to basketball and volleyball like basketball in particular um, if you mess up on the court you can just sprint back and like fight it back almost yeah. whereas in golf it's so slow so calm you have so much time in between shots to think about everything mm -hmm. so it's you have to distract yourself i also enjoy like singing a song in my head or mm -hmm. dawn also gives us crossword puzzles or like word searches okay. to kind of like distract us before something um big like if you're about to hit a green in two like distract yourself a little bit so you're not so stressed about something exciting coming up interesting okay that's something i've never used i just let my mind and concerns wander and that's why i would hit bad shots all the time but you know it's a it's it's a factor right you've got however many 250 yards between some of your shots it's a lot of time on your own thinking left to your own thoughts crosswords puzzle crossword puzzle is something i'd never heard of but do you like i'm curious when you're in the middle going through like these high emotion events is there one thing that you do during that round that brings you down? Is there like box breathing? Are you doing anything in particular or just reminding yourself of what Dawn's saying? Uh, box breathing is actually really helpful. I do enjoy that one a lot. Um, and the words are just help me for sure. Just uh, remain more present and stop thinking about the future. I've done a good job um, being very present with my scores. Like I try not to think about my future scores or uh, like, oh, there's a par five, like that's a good birdie opportunity or, oh, I'm two over right now. I need to make two back instead. Like I write down my score, don't think about it. And that helps me just remain very present in the hole and the shot I'm on. So mm -hmm. that helps me stay grounded. Yeah. You, you talked about being present with where you are currently in Oregon as well. You know, maybe missing BC a little bit. Do you have a favorite place in British Columbia to play golf in beautiful BC? I should say. I really enjoy big sky golf club. I okay. thought that golf course was gorgeous. Uh, Pemberton. Oh, okay. Yeah, the gr like the features, the grooming, and like it's on the side of a mountain, like or the foot of a mountain. It's just gorgeous. So I really enjoyed that golf course. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, I'm trying to think like spring tour MJT tournaments. Yeah. Do you like th that's throwing it back years? Yes. But were there any events that were integral to you as far as getting to the right place or that? introduce you to competitive golf in such a way that you look back you're like this is a really good tournament for me to play in uh, i think um early high school when i was competing more and there was a time in like the spring in high school um i was playing a lot of mjts and cjgas and i would have almost one a week like every weekend right. so it was kind of kind of like college i would be school in the week and then tournaments on the weekend very busy um but i think when i started getting into that um routine it like prepared me more for college and got me excited for that but 
I don't really remember any that stick out in the like currently. I remember I did pretty well in a couple CJGAs and those were really exciting. And to see me competing against some top people like the Team Canada girls mm-hmm. and like top people in the Vancouver area, that got my competitive juices flowing. And I was really excited to just keep that going. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. The part that is interesting for me though is you later on a couple of years ago had an injury with your wrist due to overuse, right? Yeah. Do you think that played a factor, like the amount that you were playing younger? Uh, Yeah, probably, especially practicing off mats. Um, Mm. I think that was hard. So I first broke my wrist when I was in grade 12, and then that limited me from playing for about nine months to a year, and that was right before I came into college. So that was really challenging to overcome that and like get my game back to where it was. Um, And then I re-broke it again when I was a sophomore, so that was hard. but here I am and I've only gotten better and like stronger from that, which is very nice to say and soaking up everything I can from Oregon State at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a win win in a way. Definitely better than my experience post wrist breaking because uh, that happened in grade 10 and we know where my career is at now in the golf world. So uh, you mentioned future playing golf. You know, you're soaking up as much as you can with Beavers. When it comes to your six years experience at university, is there something that you'd leave the audience with as far as when they're applying or going through high school and saying, Hey, make sure you make the most of these specific moments during school. Um, yeah, when you're like applying to college, I would definitely say weigh out all your options and think of all, um, the pros and cons of like each school, because even though like something may be flashy at another school, it may not be what's correct for you. And I think like team dynamics and, coaches really make a big difference because they're your family for the amount of years that you're here. And if that wavers in any way, like that's a huge part of your college life and what is to come in the future. So I think that is a huge factor to weigh in. Yeah. People don't realize the impact that can have both positively or negatively. Right. And at, at the end of the day, those are your family. That's who you're spending 60 plus percent of your time with. If you're not studying or going to school, how have you maintained that academic and athletic balance? Um, it's been okay. I'm doing my MBA right now in supply chain and logistics management and HR management. So I graduated a little bit early. I have my wrist to my wrist injury to thank for my extra year of eligibility. But um, maintaining like school and golf is challenging, but professors are really helpful if you do a good job at reaching out and say, "Hey, I'm an athlete. Like I'm traveling." I will get my stuff to you on time. I might miss a couple lectures. They're like, no problem. Thanks for being on top of it. Mm. That's been really great. Um, But with practice and school time, it's just managing your time and delegating like what you need to do now, what to do later. And as long as like you stay on top of your stuff, it, it is okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Before we get to your last piece of advice, Louisiana, let's talk about that tournament. I know it was brings up maybe some frustrating memories, but maybe unpack it for us how or what you guys went through as a team and how you used it to maybe apply and become stronger afterwards yeah that was very challenging for my team that was right after covid um so we didn't play for basically that whole year and then coming out of covid that was personally my best season at the time and I was really excited to compete at regionals and we've never made it to nationals before we were seated seven like that was our year to do it and the fact that we did not even get a chance to hit one shot in the tournament um, was very, very frustrating and very sad. Yeah. So for those who don't know what happened, can you just provide a description as to like tournaments, logistics, what occurred, why you weren't able to even compete? Yeah. So we were at the 
uh, Baton Rouge Regional in Louisiana. And every day it was raining in the morning and they pulled the plug on the tournament or on the day of competition at noon. Um, the maintenance staff left. There was no extra help, like no squeegeeing the greens or like sump pumps and bunkers. And there was no extra efforts being place to make the course ready for competition um so it seemed like a lack of effort and then there's politics involved with the top six teams not wanting to play because the course was unplayable but then the teams ranked or seated seven to 18 were like no we can play mm-hmm. like we've played much worse in oregon um so it was very very interesting experience um and actually last year we were at Eugene for Pac-12s and that course was so flooded and so wet and people were squeegeeing the greens all the time and that tournament went on yet the regional at Baton Rouge did not. It was very frustrating. Um, so that was very challenging especially for my seniors at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicole and Mari they that was like their last tournament yeah. as college golfers and for it to not happen that was really heartbreaking. Yeah I, you know it's so unfortunate that these things are still happening. I mean what was the basketball event a couple of days ago the the yeah, in Vegas, the female basketball event. I don't know if you saw that, but they were set up in a banquet hall. They didn't have any of the facilities set up. Like, it seems like it unfortunately still occurs in the NCAA, despite all of the advancements that are made in technology and sports applying, spending that money. But uh, missed the mark on that one, obviously, in Louisiana. Missed the mark in Vegas a couple of days ago. Hopefully, these things aren't happening. What about you for NIL in your last year? That's something that you've had access to over the past couple of years, haven't really been using it much? No, I haven't been. Just being from Canada, it's a little bit challenging. I was going to say, um, there's probably a bunch of rules, regulations yeah, around it. Yes, exactly. And I have one more year. I don't need to be like making that happen right now. If I was younger, I probably would, but I don't find that it's necessary at the moment. Yeah, yeah. you'll get your job and make, make millions <laughs> yeah, afterwards, yeah, exactly. right? I love it. Um, Amanda, as you know, the way we wrap up every episode, biggest piece of advice for the next generation of athletes. You got one? Yeah, definitely have that intrinsic motivation. I think that is a huge piece because money and outside factors and like cachet of schools can definitely weigh people. But like what really matters is your desire and love for what you do and the sport you play. Um, So having that and having that motivation to succeed and be the best you can, that'll definitely get you far. Love that. Where can people find you on social media so that they can continue to follow along your journey? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yep, I'll be there. <laughs> Amanda Mini. Yep. Perfect. And if you are hearing this message, it's because you listened to the 158th episode of The Athletes Podcast featuring Amanda Mini. want to give a big shout out to her for coming on the show. We want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to this show. We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this podcast. Whether you were walking the dog, hitting the treadmill, the slopes, or the weights, I truly appreciate you being involved and listening to this conversation. We're always looking for incredible individuals and interesting stories to share on the show. If you have someone you think would be a perfect fit, please let me know. Shoot me a message on social media, whether that's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Get in touch in the comments to let us know who you'd like to see in upcoming episodes. My name is David Stark, your host. Phoenix Wayland is our producer, and Jordan Mazin is our website and app developer. That is it for today. Take care. And we'll see you next week for another new episode. Bye.